RWJ Barnabas Health Telemed offers you two convenient ways to see a doctor anytime, anywhere, without having to come in for an appointment. If you're in need of urgent care, you can use our app to connect with a provider 24-7, right on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. Or you can use our website to schedule a virtual visit with an RWJ Barnabas Health Medical Group provider or specialist. And you can even register as a new patient. Book an appointment online at rwjbh.org slash telemed. Your safety has always been our top priority and we've taken every precaution. So don't delay your care any longer. Get started today at rwjbh.org slash telemed. RWJ Barnabas Health. Let's be healthy together. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Speak of the Devils podcast presented by RWJ Barnabas Health, the official health care provider of the New Jersey Devils. I'm Sam Kassan, the A-team in effect here with Amanda Stein. And Matt Loughlin's not here, but we'll get by without him. He's also an honorary member of the A-team. But Amanda, an exciting podcast we have today because we're going to be speaking with General Manager Tom Fitzgerald of the New Jersey Devils about a lot of things from trades. You know, they acquired Ryan Graves, Christian Jaros, the draft, obviously the drafting of Luke Hughes, Chase Stillman, then the big free agency splash with Jonathan Bernier, Dougie Hamilton. We're going to be touching on all of those things today. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a crazy week, you know, as a general manager, I'm sure. Us as a content team, just trying to keep up with everything that Fitzy has been doing with his incredible team around him. Um, It has been exhausting for everyone, but very fruitful. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters is that the decisions that are being made are being made by someone like Tom Fitzgerald, who really, you know, he knows the direction he wants his franchise to go. And I think what you'll really appreciate from the conversation that we have with him is that he talks about, you know, learning to be patient because it's something that is learned. It's not necessarily something that's inherent in all of us. And I think that patience really came through in the first move he made, which was a couple of weeks ago now, when he acquired Ryan Graves from Colorado in exchange for Maltsev and a second round pick, because he said that that deal has been in the works for a couple of years. They've had their eye on Ryan Graves and there's been talks going back and forth between him and Joe Sackick for a lot of years. And finally things came to fruition, but they get Ryan Graves, bring him into the fold. They get Dougie Hamilton, obviously the big fish in free agency immediately improves their defense. And then they go out and get Jonathan Bernier, that one, a one B goaltender. And the amazing thing is, Amanda, I know you spoke with him before all this started happening. He set his list of off season needs, the things he was looking to fill. One was getting that one, a one B goaltender. Another was getting some top tier defensemen, adding some size to the back end and looking for that top six winger who can finish, although still working on the last one, as he'll uh, talk about. But he checked the list on a couple of those other boxes, though. Well, it's interesting because like that list in terms of those boxes you were talking about, I don't think those were necessarily like this must all happen this year. And that's sort of where like the patience part comes in. This is like, okay, so this is my building block. These are my building blocks and I need to start ticking them off. Um, And it's, it's really fortunate that like two of maybe three have already been done. Maybe it's a little faster than you would have thought because everything really does have to align. It's not every day that a player like Dougie Hamilton and a player of his caliber 
is available on the free agent market. You just don't see that. You know, these are players that tend to get locked up. And for whatever reason, it didn't end up working out in Carolina. Great. I have no problem with that because now he's a member of the New Jersey Devils for um, the foreseeable future. So patience is required, but Fitzy has been very crafty. He's been very good at, um, you know, not being too trigger happy, right? He makes sure it's the right move for his plan. He doesn't react just for the sake of reacting. So it's been great to see step-by-step. I know it's very cliche to say, but we are in the hockey world after all. Um, But certainly, I mean, if you look at this team now versus even this team like three weeks ago, two weeks ago, it's got a completely different look while also maintaining um, the real key elements of what the franchise has been for the last two, three years. And because he's spoken about that roadmap and the way he wants to see this team progress into what he calls the championship run, which is obviously getting up to that championship caliber when they're contending for Stanley Cups. But a lot of it, too, is selling Dougie Hamilton. I mean, he's the number one available free agent. So it's not just throwing money and dollars at him. You've got to sell him on the vision, on the culture in, you know, New Jersey and pitch him. I mean, you almost have to be it's not just throwing out numbers. You got to be a salesman in some aspect. And, and obviously he sold the culture that there is in New Jersey. And I know that's something you want to ask him. So, Amanda, why don't you take it away and let's bring in Tom Fitzgerald. Thanks so much, Tom, for joining Sam and I today. Um, You know, this is a big week that you just had for your franchise, whether it's the draft or free agency. How are you feeling? Do you feel relieved? Do you feel excited? Like what what sort of goes through your mind when a lot of these blocks sort of start fitting into place? Well, I think excitement for sure. You know, it's there's been a lot of work, prep work going into decision making on what free agents we would go after, why, you know, what's the value they bring back to the organization, you know, uh, what are the terms, length, things like that, and really what's the impact that they can bring to the to the the game plan um, of where we want to go. So, yeah, I mean, Dougie Hamilton is is a big fish, and he chose us, which is incredible for our organization. I think it speaks volumes for for where we're going. Um, you know what what we can offer here in New Jersey, and and I, I just think, you know, what we're trying to do is, is is put a team on the ice that can compete and start playing meaningful games, learn how to win um, those meaningful games, um, to continue to grow, um, and hopefully, you know when you add a player like this and Jonathan Bernier, they want to come to New Jersey that it starts becoming a destination of, Hey, this is where I want to be. This is, they've got everything to offer uh, from living. They've got a great team. They run a first class organization. um, And I want to be part of it. So that that's our goal and landing a guy like Dougie and bringing a guy like Jonathan uh, help us to go in that direction. And I think there are types of players who help you build on the foundation in terms of the culture that you're hoping to, or that you are certainly been cultivating over the last few years. So I want to know if you can describe to me really what it is, is your selling point when it comes to these players that you hope to attract, whether it's Dougie and and Jonathan and other one, other players that in the future you hope to, um, you know, potentially recruit. What is that culture? What does that speak to? Well, I think first, when you get a chance to speak to uh, free agents, you know, after noontime on on Wednesday, you know, reaching out to to these two players through their agencies, of course, you know, once once you start feeling some traction, 
uh, with them and there's maybe a quick call. Um, it's it just hearing it from us. We, you know, we, we put a lot of work into that recruitment deck that we, we have. And I, I think, a, I believe a lot of the players really enjoyed that because they didn't know really what New Jersey was. And I think it was a great first step for us to, to, to really sell, you know, this place here. And it's uh, I really do think it's a hidden gem throughout the league. People only come in and stay in a hotel, come to the rink and leave. They don't know what it's like to, to live in, you know, whether you want to live down in Hoboken, the Jersey city or out in the suburbs. Um, it's just a, You've got plenty of choices and it's, it's, it really is a hidden gem. Um, you know, I've been on the phone with a couple other free agents over the last couple of days, you know, trying to sell, you know, what we have here and the direction we're going and, um, you know, looking for buy-in. You know, I, I said earlier on a, a radio show that Dougie Hamilton chose us, I believe, because of where we're going as a, as a, as a team and an organization, um, what we can offer here, not for money, not for term. I mean, he was going to get that that same type of deals elsewhere. Um, and it's my job now to continue to do that and try to attract other free agents. And, you know, whether it's Lindy on the phone with, with them, myself or uh, Marty Bordeaux, um, we want to take advantage of, you know, this opportunity to speak to people and people want to hear from us. And they want to say like, what, yeah, what does New Jersey have to offer? And where do you see me fitting in and, and things like that? So yeah, actually when I get off the phone here, I've got another free agent call I want to make just to, you know, connect with and, and try to sell our product. When you hear an agent on the other line say, okay, we have agreed to terms. So I'm talking about JP Barry, um, obviously, who is Dougie's agent. What is that moment like when you hear that in terms of the big fish? And then also, I mean, there must be so much work that goes on from being like, okay, we've agreed to terms to like, this is what the contract is going to look like. What was that process like for you help trying to build out a contract? of that magnitude in that in that small window as well it's, it's exhausting to be quite frank scott lipwack and tyler dello have were, were big helps with the structure um you know how you can protect yourself uh, at the end you know without without taking away from the player um you know things that were important to him and i i, I always believe like i want to know what was important to dougie but i also wanted them to hear me what was important and how we protect ourselves um so, yeah, it, it just you agree on that number and then the structure starts being put in place and then it just starts evolving and you can quickly see, you know, what was important for them and, and, and them respecting what was important for us. And then getting to that numbers, and like I said, dotting the I's and crossing the T's and then you, you have a deal. I think when the when the number was agreed upon, I think that's when you first take a breath and go, this is real. This is real because I don't think I don't think. The, the the tug of war of what's important to them, what's important to us is going to stop this deal because because of the respect we had for each other. And obviously, Fitz, you got the deal done. So now looking at these two guys you bring in, Dougie Hamilton and Jonathan Bernier, where do you see them fitting in and how does just their acquisition addition to this team make them, make the devil so much better? Well, I think <laughs> if Corey Crawford didn't retire, we wouldn't be talking to Jonathan Bernier. Um, but we are. So where does he fit? He fits into that box that we wanted to check as a 1B goaltender. His his records and his 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 uh, stats stand for themselves. He's been in a, a situation in uh, Detroit where, you know, they're going they were going through some similar that we are uh, went through. So I knew he could the, the pressure testing of, of playing in front of a young team. Um, 
was an, another box we wanted to check. He, he's done that. A mentor to 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 Blackie it was another box. Um, we just really wanted to shore up our our, our goalie department, and, and I do think you know when I look around the league. I, I I believe that this is a top tandem in the league, and and, and I'm really proud of that. Um, but at the end of the day, they got to go out and play, <laughs> and, and and actually and actually do it uh, with Dougie. You know, I, I didn't shy away from saying we've got to upgrade our D. We've got to add. We have good kids coming, but they're not ready. And there's no way I'm just throwing them in and letting them, you know, it was nice to see a couple of them get games last year. And um, we believe in those young young D and they will be a part of the success we have down the line. But I, I wanted to make sure I can insulate, you know, um, them and some of our other younger defensemen. Uh, so we checked the box with Ryan Graves in that trade. You know, we just, I wanted to get bigger. I wanted to get more mobile. I wanted, I wanted players who, who took pride in defending, um, but also could move pucks. And then obviously Landon Dougie just really solidifies our, our top four. Um, I'm not done. I'm trying to add up top two. You know, it's just, it's, it's not an easy thing. Um, I'm going to stay patient. And I just think the really up front, the growth and the success we're going to have will will be driven by Jack and Nico. That's for sure. Um, and you want Shara to take another step, Kukin to take another step, and Bradder take another step, scoring goals. Where does Zaka land? How's Miles Woods' respond year going to be? Mike McLeod, I still think, has another level. Um, so we're still looking to add. I mean, we're still very young up front, but we're starting to get more experience. So that's all I'm trying to do is find some guys that have experience via trade or via via free agent. And you said you're you're not done, but I know you spoke with Amanda a little bit ago about the offseason needs of this team, one being the 1A, 1B goaltender, a top pair defenseman, a finishing forward, all those things. But now you're starting to put those pieces into place, laying those bricks, as you said yesterday. How satisfying is it, though, as a GM, when you have, here's our needs, here's what we're trying to get, and you're actually able to come through on those and get those deals done? Uh, you know, saying and doing are two different things, right? Um, so I'm proud of my team for, for doing the work um and, and and getting going through the process of identifying the players that we felt would would add the value that we wanted to and take us and help us go where we want to go um so i'm proud of that um it's 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 something that we don't take lightly it's not just like oh go go get him we sign him no we we have a whole process that we we work through and um sometimes it's exhausting but we know at the end result is always going to be uh to our benefit um so it is satisfying. You know, I, I, I still think there's a little bit of an empty feeling for me as the GM of, you know, I always said I want to get a top six winger and um, I haven't yet. And, you know, I put pressure on myself, but I'm not going to chase something. I'm not just going to do it because I said it. I, it it's got to be the right piece for the right price, the right term. Um, but also, you know, why can't Jesper Brad take another step? Why can't Shara become that next guy? You know, um, that's what you put your faith in. And, and then you, you look at some of the young kids down in the American league, you know, if they got a chance, you know, how would they react? But I don't want to lean on them right now. I'd like to kind of get the plug them in here and there just to get that experience. And um, I've got a plan. I just, you know, I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not going to chase it. I know this might sound like a very basic and obvious answer to this question, but just listening to you talk about your plan, about how you're so meticulous and how you do things, how much do you love being a general manager? In, but in the sense that like, you know, you've been in the game so long, you've seen different 
variations of the game, whether it's behind the bench as a general manager, as a player of over a thousand games, it really seems like this is something that you're really, really enjoying. Or maybe I'm totally wrong. <laughs> I would say leading up to the draft and my head's Maybe not. <laughs> I go back to this picture and say, geez, maybe I should have just been a coach and put the whistle around my neck. <laughs> I love that you had that right there. Very good ready, yeah. That reminds me a lot of time, like you can always go back to coaching, always back to coaching. Um, you know what? It's funny. I, I, I've always been intrigued with the team building part of it. Um, you know, Ray Shero gave me an opportunity back in 07, 08 to, to get into the business on a, on a development side, but that development side really came to a head and then you, it just kind of split and it was, you either take it coaching or you take it management. And yeah. After I coached in 09 and won a cup, I realized that the team building part was the, the part that I actually got excited about and felt, you know, you just have a hand in building. And I, I, I played for Bill Torrey. I consider him a mentor. And, you know, he's he's the architect of those those four cup teams in the island. And uh, I, I respect him so much and leaned on him. And, and he said to me one day, I think you're going to be a great general manager. And this was way before. And I just thought, General manager, I'm just in development, <laughs> um, but it is like I said. It's this is this is this is my organization now, um, and I've got a lot of help. I've got I've got great ownership who encourage me to continue to grow the, the organization, and, and um, you know the higher executives that we have, you know, with Hugh Weber, you know, being a, a mentor of mine and helping me understand processes and decision making and it's just not a scratch the surface type of thing you've got to dig deep to get proper proper information to make proper decisions um and then lastly my staff i mean they they work tirelessly you guys know them and it's just i give them a lot of credit you know i, I may be the, the 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 front of the band here um but at the end of the day it's 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 the the, the people playing the instruments behind me that that make me look good so they they do a good job propping me up that's for sure well going off of that what have you learned as the uh, as a full year has come around as a general manager and having that obviously you've been in the different roles and different capacities but now a year on the job anything surprised you anything you learned anything you can extrapolate from the past last year um i, I think where i've gained experience is being patient and and not just jumping at something and saying, but but really kind of dissecting it. I don't want to say overanalyzing things, but you you start getting questions and you realize you you need to start looking at it differently in different angles and yeah, the what ifs. And then and then at the end of the day, it's my my intuition as a, an ex player, an ex coach, uh, a team builder, understanding a locker room, you know, understanding a coach's room and what what expectations are are needed um what pieces are 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 a must um to complete your team and and we're that's the fun part now we're we're not a finished product and you know we're drafting well we're going to develop well and we're going to submerge these kids and, and kind of get them into the, the lineup at some point um but then you look at the extra piece of what's going to help put us over the top um and i look forward to those days because those are the days where you become you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they're just looking for a Blake Coleman or a, a Barkley Goudreau because they fit. You know, this is what they need. And um, those days are coming, and I, I look forward to it. But I think the biggest thing I've learned, Sam, is um, from, from previous years, or even going back some, was just be patient. 
And if it's the right thing, it'll it'll come to you instead of forcing something. And, and I, I've, I've learned a lot there to just be more calm. You know, my, my staff will say, hey, call so-and-so back. What if that, settle down, it'll, we'll be good. He'll be all right. Dougie Hamilton will listen to us. Like, so, no, it, it's been fun for sure. But I think having learning patience, um, the processes of, of really digging down and pressure testing my team on, on answers or getting answers that uh, uh, they may not have thought through it the way I see it at the time. So we're a good team and we push each other. That's for sure. What requires more patience sitting through day two of a virtual draft or, you know, the patience of putting together a meticulously, you know, productive, um, massive contract like Dougie's. What, what requires the most patience? Well, I would say day two is <laughs> really hard at the draft and, you just you get up, you start wandering around. You're in the kitchen of the the locker room looking for food and whatever water, and just like I just didn't sit there. It was so long. Oh my God. <laughs> um, you know what was sort of that draft process like for you? And and I mean, we talked a little bit about it in like one on one interviews and all that. But for the sake of having a little more time here, if we go back to last week and the draft, what do you feel you accomplished? even if you just like leave out the first round, because we know about Jack, we know about, or sorry, we know about Luke, we know about Chase. What do you feel like you accomplished there in those two days? Well, I think the way we've set up our, our draft board and the process that we go through um, of finding the players with the characteristics we want. Um, yeah. I really like the the way we can, we, we can call all audibles um, when it comes to a pick because we have a, a lateral board they're numbered we have our they're still listed one through whatever but then we categorize them and i want to give too much information here but it allows you to shift gears if you know if, if three players are on the same level from a pro, uh, projection standpoint but but play different positions or they're different type of players you can actually start building your team and say okay there's a strong and heavier defenseman versus a skilled smaller defenseman that has the same upside or a, a, a skilled forward or a big power forward, or maybe this is where you slot, slot a goalie in. Um, that work, that work that was done, it just made the decision-making easy when it came to it. And, you know, we happen to be European heavy this year and um, you know, you get to, you get to, you know, handle those kids longer, you know, they get a longer runway to work with them. And um, a couple were, you know, position specific, uh, shot specific um but again it's projection it's the hardest thing to do to see what 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 shakes out but i i um i'm proud of the group it's it wasn't easy you know scouting on video all the time you know and you you had a bunch of in-person viewings but at the end of the day it all came down to watching video and you had to watch over and over. I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of minutes of video for these guys. And it's not easy, but uh, I'm, I'm proud of them. And I, I, I think uh, the end result, obviously, we'll, we'll see. But getting back to the first round, we are proud of you know, the players we picked and, and believe in their ceiling and, and that they have the highest ceiling. When you think about heading into training camp, which is crazy it's really just in a few weeks everything's going very quickly um who do you sort of have your eye on that maybe you caught a glimpse of last year maybe you got a little bit of a taste whether it's a nolan foot kind of situation a kevin ball where you're really interested in seeing 
what their next level is this year? Is there someone that you really hoping to see something more of? And I don't mean that in a negative way, just like what could they, like, what have they done more? Yeah. I mean, I, I, when you look at Nolan foot, um, he was a 19 turning 20 year old in our league, the American league, which was tough. Uh, yeah, I want to see, I want to see the progression. I want to see the maturation of, of the player, uh, things that we've asked them to do. And, and we've been consistent about getting to the inside, being a better net front presence, you know, not overhanding pucks, quick release, you know, using that, that asset of his in a shot, um, you know, Graham Clark, you know, comes in as a true 19 year old in the American league and has a, has a really good year and gets us all excited about the what ifs down the road, a right shot, you know, smart, skilled player who can shoot the puck. Um, you know, where does he take his, the, the next step? You know, now he's got, he's got a taste of the American hockey league. Um, but I, I think the American hockey league is gonna be different this year. I think you're gonna see it's gonna be harder. It's, it's not gonna be like last year. I think it will be harder. Um, you know, but that's our jobs. Our job is to help, you know, guide these kids and, you know, make sure we're pushing them in the right direction. But those two in particular, you know, Mike Vukicevic is another guy who, who showed as a 19 year old. Okay. What's the next step for him at, at 20? Um, Alexander Holtz came over and had a sniff of the American hockey league and North American hockey, you know, uh, you know, what's the next step for him? You know, you, you know, where he, you know, what he can do, how do we help him do it? You know, and, and understand and work with him with our skill development coaches and, it's just, there's a lot, quite honestly. Those are just to name a few that I'm looking for, for, for steps. And, you know, we feel over the last few days, we've added, we've added some, some core veterans that understand the role that they're here for. And, um, but also believe that, you know, if need be, they could play games for us, but uh, we're excited. And I know the city of Utica is excited about our, our franchise and the marriage we've created. Um, so lots of good. And you are right. It, it's August 1st in a couple of days and, you know, Labor Day will be here. <laughs> and next you know, we'll be back. We'll, we'll be back. The it's ball. a little scary. It's a little scary. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll break salmon in Buffalo. Oh, boy. <laughs> You're so good luck, Sam. But Fitzy, just to st step back real quick. I know you, you spoke yesterday about the roadmap you see building this team from the ground to a championship run, as you said, last year being – the learning year, learning how to win, playing in tough games. I just want generally, when you step back and see the big picture, what is kind of the roadmap you see this team taking over the next couple of years to get back to that championship caliber status? Well, I, I, I still think there's a, a learn the win phase part we're, we're in right now, but we're with the additions we've made should help help push it along. I think goaltending first and foremost is, is improved. You know, you mentioned earlier, and I, I forgot to, to comment on it, but yeah, Scott Wedgwood proved that, you know what, he can come up and he can play games and we know what kind of third goalie he's going to be. So we feel real strong there. Um, and then looking at the back end, I, no one wants to just play defense. You know, you need defensemen to go back and get pucks and move them and transition you out of your own end. So you're not playing <laughs> in your end. And, and we definitely have done that. Yeah. Again, up front, you know, We'd like to maybe add a guy or two, um, maybe a role type player. Uh, but we feel that with the forwards we do have and the, the defensemen that can transition out of our end, we should be able to come through the neutral zone better. We should play more more in the offensive zone. Um, we should be defending harder. Um, 
so that's the next phase. It's just to take it to the next level. Um, and, and I believe that uh, we're in a tough division. You know, hockey's the parody that uh, hockey has created um, is real. It's this isn't this isn't basketball. You don't have the top eight and the bottom eight. And is anybody? Montreal is a perfect example. You know, they 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 rode a nice wave to the Stanley Cup Finals. I don't think anyone in, the, in their right mind would have predicted that. Um, you just never know. And I just it's the eighty-two games a long season, and and our guys I thought were battle tested last year. And it's it's time to take the next step. You know, we were in a lot of one-goal games. That's learning how to win. Um, realizing what you need to do not to lose the game, clock manage, you know, puck management, you know, understanding when it's time to get down and block a shot, you know, and uh, clear pucks out, just flip them out, you know, understand duress. Uh, that comes with experience. And I think last year was a big step in that. Um, comebacks, you know, you saw a lot of those comeback games that we've had. It might have fell short, but it, those will add up to, to success as we continue, each player continues to grow and take the next step in their individual development. So a lot to be excited about, but there's no guarantees. I, but I, the only thing I can guarantee is we're going to be a better team. You you talk about individual development and, you know, specifically what you're talking about, like these younger players who are really learning their way through this game. But I would imagine that, you know, development never really ends for anyone. So I want to like sort of zero in on the year that Lindy Ruff had, you know, he's been in the league a long time, but he'll be the first to tell you that he's always learning. He's always trying to do things differently to connect with a new generation of players differently. And last year was hard for everyone, whether it was results on the ice, living in a bubble, the way we traveled and all that. Do you think that there was also a really strong benefit on in having a guy like Lindy being in his first year with this team where everyone was really forced to be together all the time. And now you're sort of entering a stage where things will probably be a bit more normal, um, whatever that means, but also like that connection has really been built between Lindy and this core. Absolutely. I think that's a, that was the number one reason why Lindy stood out to me when we were looking at coaches one is personality. Two, he really understood the phase we were in and, and embraced yeah. it. You know, he embraced that and understood it and felt I can help develop these kids because I've done it in the past. You know, yes, when he was younger as a coach, but you know, as like a, a nice a nice bottle of wine, he he ages well and he's he's much he, he, he just he's really embraced it. Um, and he and I I, I believe he's sincere about it. He yeah. loved kids around the locker room you guys have been around him like he's got the infectious personality and but I think the the biggest thing is he he knew what he was getting himself into but knew he could be a solution rather than be a, a deterrent for success uh, understanding that I wasn't going out and just signing all these big free agents and and we're gonna just we're gonna just go that route and make trades and give up the farm for these for success now. He, he knows where this is going and he knows that, you know, when this organization really starts winning, his, his handprints will be all over it. All right. Fitzy's got trades to make or signings to make and agents to call. So yeah, I mean, definitely. We don't want, <laughs> we know that you said that you have, you know, free agents to call after this. So we'll let you go. I appreciate it so much, Fitzy. Um, and you know what, we'll all be seeing each other very soon in short order in Buffalo. So. <laughs> Looking forward to that, too. Yeah, appreciate it. Take care. Congrats on the new house, honey. What's this? 
carbon monoxide detectors? Yeah, but one on every level. Because you can't see or smell carbon monoxide. And when fuel-burning appliances aren't working right, CO can build up and be deadly. Guys, I'm on it. We just want to know you're safe. At PSENG, we're committed to your family's safety. Know how to prevent carbon monoxide poisoning. If your CO detector goes off, leave immediately. Then call 911. Protect the ones you love. Learn more at PSEG.com slash gas safety. Well, thanks so much to Tom Fitzgerald. We know that he's very busy. And I did like how he said, you know, like right after this, I have a free agent to go talk to. So maybe by the time this podcast comes out, we'll actually know who that free agent was. Although, you know, you never know. They might choose to go somewhere else. They might choose to sign here. Who knows? But either way, um, you know, he's working the phones. He's being patient. And uh, that's really, you know, I'm glad to have asked him about, you know, do you like being a general manager? Because it's hard. Like it looks like a really tough job. Um, but just the way he talks about crafting this team and cultivating this team and building it, you can tell that the passion that he put into playing, playing in over a thousand NHL games, he's really brought that to building a franchise, um, you know, as the head of the snake, if you will. And, and what I really love about, and not to go too much into his background, but he is a former player that was very well respected during his playing yes. days. Transition that started on the development side. So he knows what it takes to take a prospect, develop them, give them the tools they need to be successful, help them reach their ceiling. Has also stepped behind the bench, as he'll note noted, uh, leading the Penguins to a Stanley Cup in 2009 when called upon when Ray Shiro needed help. And they made a coaching change there in the late in the season and was able to come there. And again, I think having that respect as a former player, the players listened to him in Pittsburgh and helped lead them to a championship. So he knows the elements it takes to build a winner. He knows the elements it takes to finish a winner and then comes obviously to New Jersey and now is at the head of the table, if you, if you will. So he has all the elements he's done every single bit. So when he's t- speaking with development guys on a certain player, he knows what he's talking about and he know he can see the bigger picture and you're right. Amanda, you can see the passion when he talks about managing and, developing and building and all these things. And he's got his roadmap map. And I love how meticulous he is in his details. Uh, you know, he, he didn't say overthinking, but he definitely likes to put a lot of thought into the moves you, he makes. As you noted, he doesn't want to force anything. Doesn't want to force a trade. If it's not a right fit, he'll stay patient and let it come to him. But the amount of thought that he puts into this plan, and, and this isn't just a, a plan each summer. I mean, this is a multi-year, multi-faceted yeah. plan that he's laid out. And so he's put a lot of thought into this. And, and I, there's no better guy for the devils. And, and, you know, I know sometimes when you're doing a rebuild, fans can get impatient and even media can get impatient. They want, you know, to see some results quickly, but the, the devils are in great hands with Tom Fitzgerald and he's going to do the proper job and do it the right way, drafting, developing, then adding pieces like he did with Dougie Hamilton this summer and moving forward via trade and other elements. So the devils, I think are in great hands with him at the helm. I'm really excited. You know, we joked with him that the season is really starting and really just a few weeks now. And generally our first big, you know, team sort of thing is rookie camp in uh, Buffalo, where we tend to, as a group, have a lot of fun, um, but also work really hard. So everyone kind of gets initiated on that trip. So Sam, just brace yourself. I will say that my first trip to Buffalo was like my third day, maybe my second day on the job and my first time breaking my ankle. So, uh, <laughs> you know, so you're setting the bar low. Yeah, exactly. And I say that now with like an ankle brace on currently, um, my like third time breaking my ankle, but that doesn't matter. Um, but 
but honestly, it's going to come so fast. It's going to be such a fun year because of everything that Tom talked about in terms of growth and development and watching, you know, players take another step. There were so many players last year that just like came out of nowhere. They shot out of a cannon and they produced and they were key members. You look at Igor, you look at Yanni, you look at players like that, you know, Ty coming in and really forcing his way to stay in the lineup every single night. Um, if these guys continue on that trajectory, man, it is going to be, yeah, they're not going to win every game. They might not win all their, you know, they, we don't know what the win-loss record will be, but we saw that they were in every fight last year. And this is a better team on paper this year coming up than it was on paper last year. So it's very exciting. Yeah, they're still in the learning to win phase. A lot of those one-goal games last year, you're losing by one goal. They were in it down the stretch, had a couple comebacks, were able to pull out the victories. That's all part of the process. Now you hope next year, those one-goal games, maybe they're on the right side of more of them. Uh, but still learning to win, going through yeah. hard battles. Uh, and, and they were in a tough division last year, obviously, and playing probably the oh, toughest yeah. league. Yeah, so they're as battle-tested as you can be when they play the other teams. And maybe they'll surprise some teams. And, and yeah, I'm looking forward to see who, who's going to be the next Jaeger, who's going to be the next Ty Smith, that you kind of have an expectation, but then they just blow through that ceiling and have a great year. And as you said, Amanda, it's right around the corner. The Buffalo's coming up. I'm looking forward to the trip. Hopefully I don't break my ankle. Uh, <laughs> no, don't worry. That That's reserved for me, though. <laughs> I'm the one who does that. Um, yeah. And just before we wrap it up, man, like it's so exciting. Um, and I'm just excited to have you along for the ride for your first full season. It's going to be a blast. We're going to do so many of these podcasts. And it's just, you know, I'm excited for all the storylines that are going to write itself selfishly, right. As like, we are content creators. So for us, stories are really what we sort of thrive in and telling the stories story of the New Jersey devils is what's so important for us. Um, and you just know that with all the cast of characters, with all the newcomers, there are going to be stories for us to tell. And that's really, again, throwing back to thanks to someone like Tom Fitzgerald who has had the patience and, um, you know, the, the, the quality of work that he's done to bring in the right people and surround himself with the right people. And as you know, covering sports for the last several years, never a boring day on the job. There's always something, something's always going on. <laughs> and it'll be nice not to like, see like the same four teams over and over again. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's like see the thing I'm most excited for. And I'm sure the fans are excited to see it too. And as you said, out of my time zone, Sam, take me out of my time zone. <laughs> There's old long flights. It's not just taking a bus down to Philadelphia anymore. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, as you said, the season's around the corner. Training camp will be upon us before we know it. Uh, I'd like to thank Tom Fitzgerald for joining us today. Uh, for Amanda Stein, Sam Kassan, our executive producer, Andrew McLean, this has been Speak of the Devils podcast presented by RWJ Barnabas Health, the official health care provider of the New Jersey Devils. We'll catch you next time. <laughs> <laughs>